What is happening, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Dan Cable Presents podcast. Thank you for tuning in to the program once again. This is your first time listening. Thanks for checking out the show. Welcome aboard. Fresh episodes coming at you every Friday. Especially, you know, just go ahead, hit that, uh, hit the subscribe button on the device that you're uh, you're listening to this on, and then new episodes will pop into your feed whenever they are uploaded, and then you will be alerted, and then you'll know what's going on every week with the new episodes. And you can do the same with the Dan Cable Presents YouTube channel. And that is also a fine way to support the podcast is to subscribe on all the, uh, the platforms that were available. And then more people will, will learn about them from them propelling into uh, these charts. These charts that we must uh, compete with to, uh, to gain more visibility. But anyhow, I'm, I'm super pumped to, to be here to bring bring another episode of the podcast to you uh if you listen to episode 97 with uh the jack maybe project i i had mentioned uh up top that i left a microphone over at the nest and i'll tell you what i called over to the nest after doing that that introduction to that episode and uh the bartender there told me that he has my microphone so uh just want to say thank you to the to the nest for good things happening with my microphone and, and someone didn't just steal it it's very nice so i'll be picking up that soon just wanted to give those of you i'm sure a lot of you were concerned you know as much as i was as soon as you heard about it you're like oh my god dan what are you gonna do i can't believe you lost your microphone you're such a moron and i was just like uh, uh, yeah but luckily it's there so that happened also, the Tribe Mars documentary premiered, and I want to say thank you to all the folks that that came out to uh, to the Waypost for the the premiere party, and uh, now it is available everywhere, including the Dan Cable Presents YouTube channel. You can check it out on the Vortex uh, Music Magazine website as well. There's a write-up on the band and a link to the, the doc there, and... Uh, yeah, it was super fun to, to put that thing out. So thanks to everybody that rolled out. And big thank you to uh, Tribe Mars for being a part of that thing. It was, I look forward to to uh, making more of those happen. Uh, as far as uh, calendar dates, February 23rd, there's a very good hip-hop show going on at the Fixin' 2 in North Portland over there in St. John's. And uh, it's Mike Capes, Rashid Jamal, Glenn Waco, and uh, Gifted Gab. Gifted Gab is uh, from Seattle. So you got four killer MCs, four heavy hitters uh, over at the Fixin' 2. So a really good hip-hop show going on over there Friday, February 23rd. But uh, I think that's all All we're going to shout out for this, this edition of the program as far as dates. 
can't really think of any others off the top of my head at the moment. So that's what we're going with. Um, pretty excited to get into episode 98 with you and share the conversation that I had with Shane, Shane Brown. Um, I met Shane um, for the very first time, finally just, at, you know, seeing music somewhere, but tell you what, early on in, in doing this podcast, he sent me a few messages just to um, show his appreciation for the show, and that was before we had ever even had contact, so um, I knew that Shane would be on this show eventually, and I was finally very happy to have the opportunity to sit down and, <clears throat> and talk with him a little more in depth and, and just to get to to know him more. And uh, this conversation uh, by far exceeded my expectations. I knew I was gonna, going to have a good time, and I got the vibe from Shane that he was going to have a very real conversation with me as, as far as w- what information he was um, going to be willing to divulge if you will on the on the program and i i just have a lot of respect for that for somebody that's that's willing to kind of do, go deep and it's nice to like be in the presence of somebody that's comfortable enough to to reveal them some things about themselves and honestly just think this is going to be a very cool conversation for people to get to hear and hopefully beneficial to people in some way or another and um Shane is is just a, a very good dude. And uh, I told them him that during the conversation that, uh, I don't know, he just, there's, within the circle of musicians and, and songwriters that he kind of hangs around, um, all of those those people that I know that, that know Shane just always have such, great things to say about him and he's just such an incredibly warm dude so it was it was awesome i just went and hung out at his house and we we messed around made some made some weed cookies shane said hey dude can you stop over at the store and get some uh some cookie mix i want to make some uh i want to make you some cookies to take home and sure enough that's what happened I stopped over there at the uh, the Beaverton Thriftway. I got some chocolate chip cookie mix. I don't know why I said that. Chocolate chip cookie mix. I don't know what happened there, but I got some cookie mix. And uh, and we made some cookies, man. And I got to know Shane a little bit, a little bit more before we even dove into the conversation. So overall, just a, a great hang. He's got this new EP called Cicada that came out in 2017. And uh, it's a six collection of six tunes, and and he was telling me um, we didn't even talk about it during the the recorded conversation before we got on the mics. He was just kind of telling me the idea of a cicada and how it lives in underground for so long before it, it comes up again. And these were kind of maybe some songs that had been sitting around for a while for Shane, and um, maybe hadn't got like the proper recording that he would have liked and uh, he finally put these out this collection of tunes that i enjoy quite a bit we're gonna play a few jams from from the ep but uh yeah you can find it all across the internets 
and uh, we're gonna kick it off with the the track that uh, kicks off the album and it's called ghosts so this is it everybody episode 98 we're getting into it it's shane brown this jam is called ghosts Ready to roll, Shane Brown? I'm ready, man. Fuck yeah, dude! I am. I'm super pumped to to have you on the program. The program. I am happy to be on the program. I I uh, often thought about 
what it would be like. I figured I'd go to some cool studio. I didn't really realize that the program would come to me. The program has come to you. It's cool. Yeah, it's been kind of fun to... We're doing a little baking. We're... Yeah, dude. Hang out my in my tore up house. So I'm getting ready to move. <laughs> Absolutely. Nice to have dude. you here. Thanks for coming over. I appreciate being here, man. And it has actually been really cool to just kind of get to hang out with you for like the last half hour, 45 minutes or so before we actually get in to yeah. having the recorded conversation. Just because a lot of the time that doesn't happen. Like time does not allow for that. I kind of meet someone somewhere. Right. And we just get kind of straight into it. Right. Where in this sense. What have you been doing? How did you get your sound? How did you do this? Yeah. Yeah. Like we've been just hanging out. You've been fucking baking some cannabis cookies and whatnot. Now that I'm sitting here thinking about it, it's like um, when you showed up, uh, I was standing out here on my deck like like Forrest Gump on the front of the Jenny waving to (laughs) Lieutenant Diane ice cream. Uh, um, (laughs) So... And then when you came in, I'm like, hey, did you see this? I have a Bigfoot suit. Look at this. Look at this guitar. Look at all this shit. I'm showing off like like my friend's coming over for the first time after my Christmas vacation. I'm excited to see him. No, it's awesome, man. Because outside of this, all I've gotten to see is you play music. Dude, I've got more to show you. I've got like, I have a bone arrow. Have, <laughs> I'm going to show you that. And some Joe Rogan shit. Yeah, definitely. Shooting arrows. Can't shoot it here in my new place. You can. Anyway. <laughs> Yeah, I just gotta feel like even from hanging out with you here and, and watching the way you operate, just even baking or, or telling me about your Bigfoot suit. Like yeah. everything you do you seem to dive very much into and, and seem to have like a pretty meticulous understanding of like how things operate. Wow, I'm really glad that I throw that <laughs> that, that impression out there. I, <laughs> I, I I truly don't. I kinda I kinda research things a little bit and then just go for it like uh historically i'm the guy who opens stuff without reading the directions and then fucks it up in the process and just jumps yeah, in definitely <laughs> yeah were, but, you, were you always like pretty creative early on like as a kid and whatnot because oh absolutely um i don't know not not just on my own i i had a um i grew up in a situation uh uh, I attribute it to my mother being so creative. Uh, I, she really fostered an environment for creativity to take place. Uh, she asked me a lot of questions: What am I into? What what I want to try out? Introduce me to things, whether it, it was sculpting or finger painting or whatever. She's an incredible artist. Both my parents are incredible artists, and they both, in in one way or another, at one time or another, gave me the tools to experiment and find what kind of artist I am. Yeah, and just like cool, really, yeah, fostered so was, this environment yeah. and, and encouraged you to to check things out. And yeah, while people were getting crazy, I remember uh, grow, I was growing up in Southern California, in, in La Crescenta, California, like during the time when my friends were all crazy about pogs and like you know pogs and <laughs> yeah, slammers. I remember pogs, dude. Uh, my we're mom, this, we're around the same age, I'm okay. sure. <laughs> yeah, my my uh, oh my god, I don't, I could only afford the Michis if I did have them, like. <laughs> <laughs> the shitty ones that Korean kids would make fun of you in the schoolyard for having. <laughs> but, uh, and not, no good slammers, all paper thin. My friends had the you had to have good slammers that dude. you could throw through a windshield of a car. You know They're what so though? Powerful. The super super thick ones. Yeah. those were kind of garbage. Actually, it was like really about those like body glove. It was a status. Those body glove yeah, ones, body glove like ones, the yeah, silver like ones. The, the one with the diamond plate on it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think the the real thick ones with like the, the the texture on the outside that was sort of a status symbol. Uh, how badass you, you see this this slammer fills up half my tube fuck you 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I wish I could get a slammer like that. Oh, dude, Pogs. Pogs. That's so cool. during the time Pogs was a, a big craze, and my friends were walking around with these Jinko pants full of sleeves of Pogs, uh, my mom had my sister and I heavily involved in a mainly senior citizen organized program of a uh, wood carving group that we'd attend weekly. And between the meetings, we would work on things at home, and, and like I'd have um uh projects going like I this week I'm carving an alligator this week I'm carving a cowboy and uh uh we're the only young people in this group of people who would meet at this uh community center in a park on a weekly basis and these these uh old people these senior citizens that were all into wood carving and had uh you know kept the art alive were super pumped that some young kids were there and they were there uh, getting into it and learning about it and uh, in, in efforts to to uh, keep us moving along, they would go home during the week and they'd make a pile of shit. Like, like here's a knife, here's, uh, here's a little power sander, here's a wood-burning tip, here's this. I'm going to give it to them to help them on their way. And, I, and in no time at all, I accumulated uh, a variety of, of carving tools, many of which I still have. And... Uh, uh, also, just like just tr- you know, getting advice from these guys on how to make stop cuts, how to not cut yourself. How here's a here's how you use a bandsaw. You know, we would these people, these old people. Many many of them are dead now. I'm sure of it. They were like in their 90s when I was a kid. But uh, just dropping knowledge on you, dropping and knowledge, showing you how would, to do things. Yeah, and uh, like my mom was genius for for uh, occupying so much of our time on the cheap. You know, like. It was. It cost us nothing to to be there. Gas to get down the hill. Yeah. To be there, and it was a whole day, and and it was a supportive community, and people getting together, old people fighting each other, like getting angry about like where they're gonna sit. You know, it's a really interesting. Um, it was a really interesting thing to be a part of, and I'm really thankful that that I I, I got had that experience. Like I still car. I have a huge collection of like nice. Uh, Swedish chisels and stuff and uh, the place that I'm moving to at the end of the month I have a huge yard to to carve large-scale totem poles again like I once was I was doing that for a while and uh, the prospect of getting back into it really excites me like Fuck I'm yeah, ready dude. to roll that's <laughs> awesome so it was just kind of art almost 24-7 like always like if you weren't doing this with these old folks, you were doing it at home, and and it carried over into your your personal life Absolutely. outside of that yeah, stuff. Yeah, uh, and the, I mean those skill those skills translated into um, like some a lot of technical jobs, like like uh, uh, fabrication jobs and stuff, and uh, helped me along my way at a rapid speed. I had a good understanding of how to use tools and how to how to uh, how to um, basically just make something out of nothing. And yeah, I, and I've used that in and in a lot of different uh facets like like the bigfoot suit like uh I made Shane made a a bigfoot suit. <laughs> he showed it to me. I'm going to I'm, I'm gonna real sorry about that. I bu- busted it open. I did warn you that it was going to stink. But, but it's uh, it's so amazing, dude. You made you made the legs and the the feet out of skateboard decks. So it's like yeah, totally and snow, and usable. Some, some ski boots and yeah, there's some engineering involved, some armchair engineering. Yeah. <laughs> Um, are those those are the types of projects though that you'll just kind of get yourself into? Yeah, that suit comes with a lot of danger. I've I've felt like uh, I've taken a few spills in it and been like <laughs> I almost broke my leg. I I did break my leg. I, I almost broke. And like you know, <laughs> you get that white hot shock of like holy shit! I put a lot of a lot of pressure on that bone. <laughs> Were you always kind of the 
that kid then like during school that was always drawing or working on something else other yeah. than what the lesson was yeah, going on i dropped out of high school i got i i can't I, I, you know be, before i dropped out there's a long long list of of uh f's on report cards and stuff and i kind of just what just wouldn't do, wouldn't do what i was supposed to do i just I, I didn't like consciously say i'm not going to do this but i would just kind of lose hope and just and be like, I, this makes me happy. I'm going to do this instead. You just knew what you and didn't want to do. And I would accept do. the consequences of like the repercussions for failing in school. And and uh, I would sort of uh, uh, just say, all right, yeah, give me your worst. I'll be happy with a, a piece of paper and a pencil. I'll draw some wolves and demons and stuff, whatever. <laughs> you know? um, I mean, I'm sure your your parents weren't super pumped that you were like dropping out of high, out of high school. But do you feel like that they they understood like what was making you happy at that time and what you wanted to pursue uh absolutely i i spent uh i didn't spend let's see i didn't spend time with uh my parents together really in my, my younger years like it was it was two different worlds that i that i slipped in between and both were very supportive and and uh you know in in all things art uh uh, my my father worked for Disney for a number of years and has a, an incredible ability. I'll show you some of his artwork that's hanging in my house after after we're done talking here. But um, uh, yeah, they they both kind of knew what kind of person I was because I'm them, you know. Like the, the DNA strand extended doesn't into fall me. far yeah, from the tree, yeah, kind of deal. Though they knew they were supposed to uh, reprimand me and and trying to keep me keep me in check. They they kind of. I think they kind of uh, knew. Oh well, he's gonna learn like I learned. Like uh, he's gonna he's gonna be he's gonna uh, tackle things how I did, and they kind of gave me some some grace. For uh, sure. Thinking about that. When does uh, when did the music enter your life? Like as far as picking up an instrument and starting to write songs. Man, since since I had a diaper on, really, like. Uh, uh, I don't know if there's a lot of truth to it or whatever, but my my dad said that when him and his buddies, uh, they had like a like a two piece, like uh, blues rock thing going on, a stand up bass, and they they were having like serious writer's block. Sometimes they'd be like, "What do you got, Shane?" And uh, like one one song, I think they recorded it actually. Um, they they I don't know if he's trying to make you feel good or whatever, but they he's like, "Dude, you like, wrote the the best." lyrics about like dead birds and stuff it was creepy that a little kid was writing this stuff um but yeah the, one of the lyrics i guess i'll, I'll just say i'll do it i'll say it yeah, yeah. go ahead it's like uh uh i guess this this wasn't the one that he was talking about when i referenced the dead birds but this one also involves birds it's like birds are fun birds are fun sit on the wire with their friends fly away when they're done birds are fun and like they would but that's good you can use that <laughs> and then they'd throw a bass line and start singing it but uh i yeah i was always around music my both my parents are like wildly different musicians my dad's like the, like the uh rock and roll uh keith richards guy uh he's got a really cool style my mom calls what she does like bohemian folk jazz and she has she's a working musician now she worked lives in Arizona and gigs regularly. Um, I got a little bit of both worlds and picked up a lot of tricks on my own along the way. There was a, a you know, what's weird is like when I was really young, I was surrounded by these really great instruments and, and it, 
I probably could have played them if I wanted to. I just kind of took them for granted, and I didn't. And um, it wasn't until uh, much later in life, like when I was like, I don't know, 15 or 16, when I when I actually started trying to pursue it and realizing that uh, I I could like, you know, come up with some songs. Th- those sucked. I was still proud of them, you know. Uh, uh, I started to like. Uh, lug acoustic guitar with me to like parties and stuff and just like just start doing some shit you know kids just kind of became that yeah. dude that always had a had a guitar on him and right just picking it out and bring, bringing it out and playing tunes for people right yeah um i think the first like the first time i performed in front of people in front of like quite a few people is that uh uh, it was at high school. Uh, it was a talent show, and th- one of the bands that was going to perform, I believe they are called Grounded for Life. Uh, I th- they chickened Classic out or some, something happened. Right I'm not exactly sure what happened, but uh, the the guy who was who was uh, running the talent show was like, okay, does anyone else want to play some music? And my friend Melina was sitting next to me, and she was just like, dude, dude, use Lara's guitar and go up there and play. And like, I guess you had to get things approved first. And I didn't. I got in trouble for doing this, but I just raised my hand in the auditorium. And they, they were like, oh, okay, well, yeah, he's going to come up. I played like Sublime, Rivers of Babylon from my <laughs> high school. And I think like right then it was, I was like, I mean, it probably sucked a lot. But uh, right then I was like, oh, I like that. This makes me feel good. I, I connect with performing. I connect with uh, being on stage. I was scared to death. To, I was scared to fucking death. But I got this crazy like rush from it, and I think I never looked back. You know, it's good to hear that that you were playing Sublime jams. I feel like even listening to your tunes now, I kind of pin you as somebody that takes some influence from from Bradley Newell. Yeah, and, that definitely and, uh, through. Yeah, man, like those Forty Ounces to Freedom in that self-titled record were such a big part of my music catalog. Like especially the self-titled that came out when I was like 10, like I guess 12 or 13. Yeah. And that had a huge impact on me. And then at a certain point, uh, just a little bit later, maybe late, late teens, early twenties, I got that, uh, everything under the sun sublime box set. Right. And that, that was like my Bible for a year or two. And, oh, that's and awesome. really went deep on that. And, it, and that had all kinds of cool, like demos and B side versions of songs yeah. and really got to understand why, people take so much from from brad's songwriting right, and, yeah. and who he was and unfortunately it's become this different thing now which yeah which i don't really fuck with and and it's not that this dude rome is not who sings with them now is not like a good singer he's a like objectively he's a he's a really good singer right right but that's not like you can't just replace like a singer or a songwriter like like brad you know because it was all soul it was all like what was within him right that made that great yeah i'm with you but at the same time like there's people who really do fuck with it and really yeah. love it and, and that's and fine too yeah there's a place that's what's so great about music you know it's like you know your uh pumpernickel rye bread is someone else's you know super sourdough from grand central <laughs> yeah dude I've, I've absolutely learned to appreciate a lot of different things not only from doing this podcast for the last couple right. years but i don't know there was a at a certain point Maybe, I don't know, four or five years ago, I just realized that it was not beneficial in any way to, like, be a hater of things. Right, And right. just kind of having this realization that, okay, this this might not 
be for me. You right. Know, it's, it's that. It's that situation. All right. This is cool. Like, it's not for me. It's probably for somebody else. Dude, that live and let live. Just, kind of, I think it comes with the age. Like, you just, you just, you, you get it after a while. I think that's, yeah. Yeah. It, it totally just it comes. That's when you know you're turning into a fine wine. So. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. I like that. So, but I uh, just go back to the Sublime real quick. Like, uh, I so I grew up. Uh, I went to high school or uh, not high school. I went to elementary school in La Crescenta, California. And K K Rock was like the yeah, shit. Dude. I'm, I had I'm those, familiar. Those, I'm right I there had, with you. Right, as right. A SoCal I, person. I know. I think we've discussed this before, but I had like the stickers on everything: the circle with the purple and the and the red. One hundred six point seven KROQ. Yeah. So I would. Um, I got my first CD player. It was a big fucking deal, and it had a tape deck. So I was. I had a shit ton of blank tapes, and I was. I would record whenever Sublime would come come on and i like made my own my own sublime albums and uh it's fun do you remember jed the fish was a radio dj yeah, absolutely okay dude. so he would come in way, way before the song was over and be like all right everybody <laughs> blah, 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 blah. so a lot of my recordings at the, the end of the song it would have like this or like when he starts to talk and so later on when i hear the song man i was totally expecting to hear that because i'd put so many miles on that tape uh, like have have the radio personality talking over it, you know, and like I'm genuinely disappointed when I don't hear that. Like that, I was connected to that little piece of data that I recorded through the airwaves onto a onto a tape. Like it, it ingrained itself into my into into my expectation of the music, you know. Yeah, <laughs> really for weird, sure, man. Yeah, it was also just I don't know, interesting growing up around being anywhere in that vicinity because I grew up. I don't know, 20, 30 minutes from Orange County. Right. Where you that sublime stuff it, was, was born. Was it Hammett, you're saying? I'm from Corona. Corona. So, yeah. Okay, cool. Let's not, let's not quite call it Hammett. That's, that's not. <laughs> I'm geographically <laughs> not challenged, so. Uh, Continue. But, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It was, it, I think that, that all that music kind of had a different impact on me, too, just because I knew it was so close. Like, sublime, no doubt. The offspring. Like, right. all, that, all that shit was happening, like, just right there. And then as I got older, it was bands like like thrice and something corporate were coming from right there right and, right and, and things like that so i don't know i always feel like that that was this crazy hub for for music that was happening on the radio yeah but also yeah i don't know the weenie roast k-rock yeah dude i was, -Rock I was too young to ever go and i couldn't couldn't go but i always like know when it was happening and feel like i was missing out <laughs> definitely it was like i'm not going to that but it's uh it's killer again this right year. um when did you kind of start pursuing music as as a more serious thing after having kind of that talent show experience and getting that rush like did you gravitate towards it pretty immediately after that and kind of wanting to play in front of people and yeah totally um i guess when i when i started to get like like the bug for it uh the the town i lived in was not conducive to to performances on any sort of regular level there it was you know, one stoplight in this town, 5,000 people or so. And, um, it was mostly, it, it most, what it mostly was, was playing at parties and playing at, um, uh, playing in basements and garages and in like my jam room. And it just became a way of life. Like, um, you know, it was routine for me every day, come home from school and just fire up my half stack and, you know, have someone sitting on the, the may or may not have been stolen from the middle school drum kit, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for yeah, sure. Um, were you, were you writing a lot of like original songs at that, 
that time and exploring yeah, that. Yeah, and they're mostly mostly about uh, mostly about shit that I don't care about anymore. You know. Uh, yeah, for sure. That's yeah. you know you gotta. And then, dude, just stinkers one after another, and and uh, I like genuinely believe during this time like i had this i had something that someone else didn't you know and they were just like you know <laughs> it's funny to think now that i'm like putting it out talking to someone about it it's like not much has changed really i have a lot of two chord songs <laughs> and uh i did then i do now uh i've just i've kind of polished them over the years yeah dude you you definitely seem to create this incredible pocket and have a very amazing rhythm that and and full sound that you bring as just a solo player dude like well yeah thanks thanks a lot man you have a um, big sound for especially even when you're playing with somebody like nick who's playing lead for you you just you create so much space and body to to what you're doing yeah nick nick shampoo yeah, shout out dude, dude absolutely that dude nick shreds he's a he's the baddest motherfucker i've ever met on, <laughs> on guitar i love that guy that's cool that you get to play with him there. I'm sure that's like a very, very awesome thing for you for to have somebody that you respect so much as a musician want to play with you because that means that they respect a lot what what you are doing and he's putting his energy into oh, your I mean, creative endeavors. Incredibly endeavor. fortunate to have that situation. Also, I mean, uh, not for nothing. Like just, just uh, I guess in the last. In the last six or seven months or so. Oh, sorry. I'm oh, you're you're good. Mic. You're all right. In the last six, six or seven months or so, um, you know, after I get home from a gig with Nick, and he's just ripping these monster leads one after another, one after another, and these like real delicate like slide parts, and the, watching how he uses his pedals and uh, the fine English he puts on the, on on his craft. Uh, like I I think that a lot of why I picked electric up recently is because of that like I, I come home and i still want to hear that sound but can't so i'm like well let's see what i can do with with uh with my gear that i have i like i have like some hobbled together crap pedal board and uh uh you know some guitars that aren't set up correctly but i'm i'm learning how i'm learning a lot from him and the the process of getting with him is not just the show uh you know, I'm I'm getting a lesson almost every time from him, I'm, and uh, I'm retaining things that I hear, and then trying to recreate them, and then make my own version of them. And uh, I'm just I'm gaining a lot of knowledge. Also, like during breaks, and he's like, you know, why that sounds cool is because of this, because I played the harmonica of it. And, you know, he's explaining things to me, my my limited comprehension of of uh, like music theory and stuff. He's able to say to tell me in like regular terms. Uh, what he's doing and how and it's helping me understand it he he also teaches he's a, he's a a teacher a music teacher so if you can ever fit yourself into his schedule it will be highly beneficial nick shampoo it's <laughs> <laughs> a nice shout for nick oh yeah no that's cool man and it, like just like i was saying it seems like you really you just dive into whatever you're doing and like seem to put all of your energy into something like whether it was as a young kid with the wood carving thing, yeah, like you saw that 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 knowledge was available and those people were willing to like teach you things. And then the same thing now, years later with Nick, like you, he doesn't have to like show you how to do those things, but you're obviously like have shown an interest. Like I want to know what's happening here. Sure, I'm glad that I throw that that um, that uh, you know. I guess what well, that impression. I'm glad I throw that out there, but man, I mean, I can't even begin to delve into how much time I've wasted on stupid shit where I've not thrown myself into it, and like how you know, 
it's just it's lost time. Yeah, and, uh, I think I we all do playing, that. Though. I probably wasted a year playing Skyrim. You know, I, I'm st- I'm still wasting <laughs> time playing video games here and there. You know, and I. I think it's, it's so fun though. Why is it so fun? It's the funnest. But it's okay. Yeah. It's okay to like for that to be an outlet and an escape too. Sure, sure. Like I think that I don't know. I still play video games sometimes just because it is nice to kind of shut off everything that's going on for a little while and just kind of like dive into this game and not have to worry about like personal relationships or like what I'm doing for work or whatever, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of this thing where you can kind of disappear into this different world. Sure. And that's, that goes with, that goes for music for me, man. Like, Same. yeah, a lot, it's a lot of times I'll neglect certain aspects of my life and there's, you know, there's definitely some remorse that comes with it and then, you know, attempt to correct it. Um, yeah, I, de- I definitely, I definitely have like an addictive personality and I, and I, when I get into something, I get into it. Yeah, I, fi- I I don't know, man. Just listening to your tunes, and I've I've gotten to see you play a few times live. I just feel like you're you're this dude who really like wears his heart on his sleeve when he's playing music, and uh, just kind of one of those people that often uses the the platform to use it as a confessional for like these these deep deep things, and and sometimes dark and sometimes not. Yeah, but. but just this willingness to to put it all out there is it has it always been pretty easy for you to be vulnerable in like in that medium and and being up there and kind of spilling your guts out to people uh, no i think it's it's like um uh i i found that i'm the happiest when i do when i am um it, there's always like self-doubt second guessing wondering if you're being too open or if this is a weird way to think of something there's always that but uh ultimately um whether people are musicians or not it, a lot of people deal with the same kind of situations in life i think i think um if you're honest about how you feel how how something hit you or or um or you know you can even sing about uh, how you feel about something, even though you know that your point of view is like fucked up or whatever, because pe- a lot of people are, think of things the same or have a lot of similar experiences. And um, if you're sugarcoating it in any way, it's like really detectable, you know. Absolutely. And, and it's a waste of your, it's a waste of your time because, he, I mean, to get the the full, the full benefits of being a musician of writing songs, performing them for people. Um, I mean, it, sure, it's good, great for your ego. It makes you feel good. People think you're a good musician, but to like really express yourself and, and to like and to to connect with people on a different level like that, like on a on a level where they're like, "Fuck yeah, I I'm fucked up too," or you know, uh, yeah, dude. It's it's something that goes beyond uh, uh, gratification for for talent for being good at something. It, it's like uh, I see you, I I see who you are, or. Uh, I can relate to you on this level, you know, uh, or I can't, but thanks for letting me look through your window. You know? Absolutely. Yeah. And I, for me, I think one of the reasons that I do connect with what you do is because I do connect with what you're saying. And I, I'm just like, oh man, yeah, I feel you on, on these weird thoughts that you're having on this or your experiences with certain relationships or whatever. I yeah. like, I very much do connect to it. And I think, just from like observing you play, I think a lot of people recognize 
uh, what you're doing is something that they can find like comfort in. And I think it's has a lot to do just the way you deliver your tunes, man. I think people really love to like watch somebody like you play music. It makes them feel good. Even if you are talking about some darker material. Yeah. Uh, man, thank you. Thank you so much. Uh, that, that I, when I hear someone say something like that, or when I, when I get that feedback, it's, it's, uh, it really drives home like uh that what i'm doing is working you know and uh i'm constantly trying to get better at ways to do that and ways to to put how i'm feeling into words and um and i'm loving the process of it and and i'm loving coming up with different kinds of riffs and like uh you know coming from a place where i was closed off to like uh like even considering liking some jazz like i'm starting to pick up some of those chords and stuff like friend friends that are people that that uh I'm messing with musically are really pushing me along with with uh, planting seeds for new ideas if that makes sense yeah absolutely and uh, i sp- and i i spend you know i stay up super fucking late and i just you know playing through headphones and stuff uh, just trying shit and coming up with these little grooves and hooks and stuff and uh uh all in hopes to make a full song or bring it out and, and to do that you know um it's weird, man. I don't know. I don't know what conditions are are perfect for, like, really getting into it on stage. But there's like, there's like two kinds of performances. There's ones where like I I'm nervous or scared. I can't get into it, and and the performance suffers. And then there's other times when I lose myself, and it, that's what I'm after. And I that's where it's at. I, dude. I can't. I can't. Fa- I, you know, I can't figure out the formula to how to lose myself. But when it happens, that's what, you know. It might happen three out of five three out of ten shows even uh but when i get that that's what keeps me coming back and that's what keeps me writing and and pushes me to grow and to uh to create more you know yeah it's just like when everything's just it's all just kind of flowing through yeah, you and, so, and you're kind of seeing it it's so from weird. afar a little bit and just being 100 pre- percent like present in it yeah you know i've been i've been thinking about this too it's like uh on stage like if the mic is the wrong level or the the angle on the boom is not like it doesn't feel right then that'll fuck up my whole performance you know like i don't i don't and i can't i can't figure out which the right way to put it but i notice this weird thing like um uh if i'm having like a, a shitty performance like i'm i hold my like leg up i don't know it's like i have a weird way to stand and it, everything starts falling apart and I have to power through a gig that I'm going to be there for another two hours. And I'm like trying to like figure out where, how do I put my leg? How do I? <laughs> and then when I'm thinking about that, then I'm totally out of it, you know? Yeah. Cause then like, you're, yeah. Yeah. That's the worst dude. Like once you start thinking about anything other than what you're doing at that point, then you're, right. you're bound to kind of get tripped up by those things. Yeah. There's too much reverb or something. You know, so there's just like one thing, one little fiber can fuck up your quilt. You know, it's like, well, I think overall, man, I think you're, your authenticity as like a person really seems to shine through in in what i've seen you as far as like live performances and wow. like i i don't know it's just when somebody is, I, I assure you i i've uh, flaws throughout but i'm really happy that I'm putting, <laughs> putting that uh putting that out there well it's just also because i know a lot of the folks that you kind of like as far as musicians like kind of run in the same circle and i just feel like you're one of those people whenever spoken about it's just like yeah dude shane's the best he's he's a super warm good dude that you're just excited to see 
Oh when man, you run into, that's awesome. When you run into Shane, <laughs> that like, is, it that put, makes me feel really like good. You're man. just a dude that like puts a smile on my face. Like I was so pumped to come over here and just like hang out and get to know you a little bit more, just because all of our interactions usually are at a venue and right, you know, yeah, different different things limited. are happening and yeah. whatnot. So it's. I don't know. It's just been very yeah. nice. Well, there's to a sit band that we're you. there to see, or I'm there to perform. Uh, there's yeah. There's attention given elsewhere. I'm really happy to have you here. Fuck yeah, man! Right on. Uh, let's let's get into a jam off uh, Cicada. Sure. Which is the most recent EP that you put out last year? Uh, yes. Yeah. Cool, last man. Year. I remember the month, but it's called Cicada, yeah. and uh, the the cover art was done done by a good friend of mine who also. Uh, comes out and paints live at shows whenever possible. His name is Marco Cerrito. Uh, on on uh, Instagram, he's even sketchier, and uh, you can find him there. But he painted the cicada for the front of the album. Nice, dude. Well, awesome. we're going to get into a, a jam called Lullaby right now. This is uh, Shane Brown, everybody. Thank you. 
that lullaby jam is is definitely one of my favorites of yours. Thank you. And uh, one of my favorite lines, which kind of uh, addresses something we were talking a little, little bit about earlier, was uh, the "Do as you do." I ain't here to try and change minds. Right. And that I don't know. We were just kind of talking about the things that are for you or not for you, and just kind of as you get older, just kind of recognizing that you can't change everybody's mind and everybody's kind of got to be their own person and run their own path. Right. I think it's, it's almost like the, the most you can do to, to, to intervene even if that's what you'd call it is just to be a, be a, a positive aspect or be, be some sort of good, like, uh, uh, kind force, you know? Yeah. And it's kind of one of those things we were talking about, I think even before we got on the mics that when you start making maybe like different life changes and, and it becomes like a positive thing for you, you don't necessarily like want to be the person out there being like, you should, you should change this about yourself. Right, right. And it'll make you feel good too, because that's, that's not very welcoming to people and it, and it pushes people away. Exactly. You might as well be with a buddy knocking on people's door, handing out religious literature, you know? Yeah. And it's kind of got to just be, you just got to be an example of what, you want to be and and that is what seems to resonate with people and they kind of see that from afar and then you know when they want to engage you about those things that is when you kind of enlighten them like about who you are and like what what has made those changes happen sure i i guess i you know the way i see it i i'm not uh so much in a position to teach as i am uh hungry to learn you know like, same it's um uh, if I can teach someone something fantastic, and I'm willing to, but but I, I'm I'm uh, really into learning from people that I admire. Yeah, and then another line from that song that really always sticks with me, and you kind of like throughout, especially throughout Cicada, like there's definitely these lines on every song that I kind of look forward to and 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 hit me, and and one of those on Lullaby is I don't know what you've been told, but good love and takes practice. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Where where does lullaby come from? Where does that jam come from for you? Um, I, you know, uh, I think there was there was quite a few things happening uh, during the this the, the song kind of took took shape over um, over months. There's more. There's lyrics that have been like redacted and stuff. Like I had a longer version of it. That song song is very short. Um, there's only a few lines, and then uh, there's there's like two. Uh, uh, verses in the chorus um so i kind of just pared down to the ones that i thought were essential to it and it was just like uh it was kind of a song to myself describing like my state of being uh like like um like telling myself to handle my own shit basically you know and 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 letting myself know where i'm at uh is that, that song's for me? That song's for me by me. <laughs> and someone else likes it, great. But uh, um, yeah, it was it was sort of like just almost like a journal entry of where I'm at now uh, when I wrote it. Do so, you feel like a lot of your songs kind of work in that in I, that way? I guess, man. There's no there's no real um, there's no no real. Uh, way i would describe them, like these are this is what i write songs about you know it's kind of a lot of, a lot of them are a long process and I, I do a lot of living in between starting to finishing the song 
and then there's other songs I'll always bust out in the evening and uh, document through an Instagram video or a you know or just I have a big uh, a big file of just like song ideas that I can come back and dip into. Yeah, a lot of them are a long process and kind of take shape on their own. Um, like I said, I, I could start. There's a there's a song um, that that I wrote called uh, Two at a Time." I'm going to be recording it this month, actually, with Nick. Um, that I started from a place of despair where I was lonely and I was sad and I was in these, you know, a, a string of one night stands and. Uh, in a weird standing with myself where I didn't respect myself and, and I was lonely and I was jealous of my friends who were in love. And, uh, in, while I was writing that, I, I found love and, uh, and I gained respect for myself. And so like the song, the, the song is like, um, like kind of documents that period when I, I met, uh, my current girlfriend, who's amazing, who's very supportive, and uh, I probably couldn't be producing as much uh, without her help in various aspects of my life, you know? Yeah. Uh, as far as, like, uh, pushing me, to, pushing me to, to get shit done, you know? And, and allow me to have time to do it, so. Yeah, for sure. It's, uh, I would imagine the songs that, that you do take a lot of time and, and kind of breaks from and, and, and then revisiting before they become a final product, you, you have all these different perspectives sure. from what you started with. Well, that, that specific song, uh, Two at a Time, is, is like uh, uh, the lyrics start. I had the start done from like the, the, the point of despair, which I, I mentioned. It was like, uh, all my friends' hearts, they've been beaten two at a time, kissing each other, making love, and watching the world go by. And I was like, fuck, I want that. or uh, I'm, I'm longing for that. And then, uh, you know, a few weeks go by and and things are starting to look up. So then the next line is like, is um, uh, when my heart knocks, no one answers most of the time. Uh, I knock once, you open your doors and your arms, I feel just fine. So it's like th that I couldn't, I couldn't sit down and write that song in one setting in one sitting because like some shit needed to happen. <laughs> yeah, for sure. You, know? you had to learn a little patience in between right. it and whatnot. A lot of, yeah, I guess a lot. You know, I have. I don't really ha uh, find myself in a lot of situations where I need to explain, like my writing process. So this is this is interesting. I'm kind of, uh, you know, Doctor Cable. Thank you so much for having me in your couch. Reflecting yeah, upon it um, during this. Yeah, I, I, they're sort of just journal entries that I select to to, to show off. You know. Yeah, for sure, man. Um, what about? Has has your relationship with with songwriting and as a musician changed a lot since you decided to quit drinking? Because I know that happened like last yeah, year. Yeah, it did. Um, Does that kind of change the way you you approach things at all, well, or well, giving for, you a little bit less to hide yeah, behind? So, so I mean, we'll just, we'll just lay it out there. I I uh, I quit drinking altogether. Just I I just hung it up from coming from a, a lot of years of uh, just completely overindulging thinking you know uh i having like six months of like good times partying and stuff and then the one bad thing would happen where i'd like black out say a bunch of shit to hurt people that i loved and um you know i, was, I would power through just keep drinking anyway but you know i had to come to, i had to face myself and and you know come to the realization that i'm i'm, I'm real shitty at drinking and 
uh, in every aspect of my life suffers as a result of it. And I think, uh, you know, as far as productivity and happiness goes, it was crucial for me to stop. And I did. And uh, there's a lot of things I miss about it, like the social aspects. And I also I feel I feel like a stranger in a lot of bars that I've, you know, I'm a regular at. People know me. But uh, uh, overall, like it's in, in improved every aspect of my life, uh, my songwriting, my musicianship, my friendships, my relationship, um, my health, man. I it is crazy. I lost like 30 pounds in a couple months after I hung it up. Crushing those empty calories. Yeah, I started <laughs> drinking those those soda waters after talking shit about them forever. Like, why would you drink that? It's, it's like hydrogen peroxide with the with the Jolly Rancher in it. We're crushing Lacroix right now. Yeah, and uh, CBD water. Yeah, CBD water. What's up, Iron Tap? <laughs> um, uh, yeah, uh, I've just you know, there's a, a lot when I when I describe when I talk about it, it's kind of. Uh, you know, it's like a personal thing. Uh, it's another one of those, like, you don't want to beat anyone over the head with, like, I am i don't drink, so I have a better existence than you or whatever. Like, I, I don't feel that way at all. It's just, like, I, it's just a personal thing. And, um, you know, I had to come come face-to-face with how fucked up I really am when I'm when I'm not myself, when I'm when I'm filling up these these quiet spots or these holes in my life with, with just being fucked up with being drunk uh nothing productive comes from that it's it's a barren field whereas uh all this extra time that i have where i'm not sleeping one off or whatever um i'm i've got a guitar in my hand and i'm getting better and i have something to show for it so i mean yeah i attribute you know 100 percent of my recent creativity uh in the last year to to having to occupy that that space with with something with, with music with art, um, I feel I I have a better outlook on things. I'm more hopeful. Uh, depression has a lot harder time creeping in. Like I I'm definitely uh, super into uh, booze free living. <laughs> you know I don't know. I I'm really hoping I can like just keep it going. I I think I can because it you know it's. The, the results that I've achieved have really like unlocked a lot of doors for me and um, the undeniable uh, better lifestyle, you know, kind of just and, this. And I'm by no means sober. I, I, I'm, uh, you know, we're making weed cookies right now. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. It's just, I definitely, I definitely uh, am a, a marijuana enthusiast. Yeah. And, uh, just kind of recognize booze was kind of like no longer beneficial to your your progress as a person i just quit lying to myself i was always making excuses uh like oh i i was just drunk you know that became that became unacceptable for a lot of my behavior and i think the like the major catalyst was like a i mean uh i guess well i'm gonna open up for you here a lot of people don't know about this some just some of my closest friends but um i was at a birthday party out at edgefield and um like I was just drinking tons of liquor. I think I was doing a little bit of blow too, um, and I just was—I was really horrible. I said some mean things to my girlfriend, and uh, I—that's putting it lightly. Uh, I like—I was accusing one of my good friends of like trying to fuck her and stuff, and I tried to fist fight him in Edgefield, and they, they did everything they could to like 
keep the cops from getting called and stuff. And they and they did. I woke up there at Edgefield and and uh, you know my, I was like dehydrated. My tongue was almost split in half, and I had to, you know, uh, I had to abandon my my uh, instinct to try to defend myself and and to be right. And I had to, you know, like so many times before I've had to admit I was wrong, but I had to, I had to really realize what was on the line there. Like I had, I have an amazing girlfriend and I have an amazing life and, uh, I was just gambling with it on the regular. <laughs> and, uh, I, I decided that it's no longer acceptable for me to do that. And, uh, that was like, that was a big big day for me man that was a big big fucking day for me yeah i bet dude that's <laughs> it was yeah. slow it wasn't all at once i was like i was still you know months after the fact it was i would you know stop at plaid pantry or something be like oh, i could crush a 12 pack right now and uh i said i had to just run away from it pretty much it's like nope not for me and uh um yeah uh i, did, I didn't i didn't initially uh plan on on uh the positive results in my 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 musical life my my existence as a musician but fuck they're there it's great well yeah i mean and also it just seems like somebody that like for someone like you that that is often playing music and and music is such a big part of your life that it it would be hard for that to not affect your music life as well it did man i would constantly uh ignore like videos of of me making an ass of myself on stage like calling someone out that's like got a stupid shirt on or you know just pulling a bunch of dick moves and playing out of tune uh breaking strings and stopping early you know and not having a backup spare like a backup set of strings like yeah I i definitely got my shit together more not all the way but it's it's getting there it's very cool man it's a it uh, seems like a necessary thing for you to like move on to the next stage of your life. For me, yeah, like, yeah, and I, I wouldn't. I want everyone to. I don't want anyone to like. I'm not a proponent. Like, you better not drink. I love. I love the, my friends that own bars. And, yeah, dude. And uh, and uh, I love the music scene that's that revolves around those places. Um, but but for me personally, it's it's a wise decision to stick to cannabis. Yeah, it's just kind of the, like that theme that keeps popping up is like to each their own and it's not a lifestyle that needs to be for everybody but right. like it's it's recognizing like this is no longer good for me like i cannot right. participate in this right now or yeah well like i enjoy shit more it's cool man right on man and then another thing that i believe happened last year is when you kind of abandoned like a day job and it become like more of just like yeah a um, musician as as your career and like that's what you're doing every night you're out playing different different gigs yeah that's that's uh initially it was terrifying and and oftentimes still is like I bet. as far as uh monetar- monetarily um i think it was on a on a uh on a road trip it's either a road trip or I was somewhere traveling with with my girlfriend and we were discussing our future and what i wanted to do what my plans were and uh i you know i've always like fantasized about becoming a professional musician or, or doing that full time and uh she basically just kind of called me a pussy she was like dude you're really you're good you're really good you can do it um 
she was, I was like, yeah, but what about this? I, this is how much I could probably make if I hustle right now. You know, we, we, we discussed it and, um, she's like, well, you know, you have to try. You can't keep going to this job. that's killing you. You can't, you can't keep doing it. And then a few things happened that were outside of like mine and her, her, uh, uh, interaction or like some, some real bullshitty stuff happened at the place I was working. This, the manager at the time pulled this like power move on me where he like, like, you know, we, we tell, we would tell like horrible jokes. Like, uh, it's a shop where it was shop talk where, you know, we would tell each other just like the worst jokes you can imagine. And, uh, he wanted me to do something. I, I told him no. And so he wrote me up for, uh, for using like uh, profanity in the shop oh, and then man. made me go to a meeting with this old lady who was a sweet old lady. She was the new HR lady. And then I had to like read out the horrible oh, thing that I, that I allegedly said. So I denied it. And, uh, I, I went right to out of that meeting and I, I, I signed like my write up or whatever, my disciplinary thing. And I went and I penned an epic resignation letter and I handed it to him the next morning when he asked me if I had my attitude straightened out. <laughs> so, as a matter of fact, I do. Here's this. Here's nice, this for dude. You. So that was it. And I, um, I, I remember when I quit my job, I, I, uh, my girlfriend and I we were planning on doing it in the future. I was going to do it like in the next couple months, but I ended up doing it a few months early when I wasn't ready. And, uh, I called her to tell her thinking that she'd be like, what the, f you know, what the fuck? Oh my God. But she, I said, so I quit my job today and she's like, what are we having for dinner? I was like, uh, what do you want? What do you, yeah, yeah. I'll go, I'll go to the store, let's get something for dinner. And then that's when I knew I start, um, this is a reality and I was going to, I'm going to start hustling for gigs and stuff. And, uh, I didn't. I didn't know then exactly what I was doing. I just had these these relationships with venues, a few venues, small ones that I, you know, I'm, uh, you know, not making like rent money from. <laughs> uh, but I just started stitching things together and uh, making connections and uh, taking everything that I could take, uh, even busking at times. And you know, every time I think I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to go get a job back in the plastic industry and become a fabricator again, because uh, that's like the the main skill set I have for industry. Uh, something breaks, something happens, and I get another week of this life, and in some cases three weeks, sometimes a month. I get another month worth of money to survive on, and you know, not drinking. You know, I could stretch a hundred bucks a lot farther now, <laughs> yeah, a lot for farther. sure, man. And that's that's another thing I I couldn't uh, manage with my personality and my and uh, you know who I am if I was still still boozing on the regular. Yeah, do you I couldn't be a musician. I couldn't for sure. Do you do you also feel like kind of cutting the day job has forced you to like work on your craft even more just to become even better at what you do so that there are well, more I opportunities. I certainly have more time to do it. Um, I, I do miss a lot of my friends from those jobs and stuff and, and seeing them on a daily basis. Kind of having those yeah. social interactions. Yeah, it's kind of it's kind of weird. It's it's kind of it's like I'm out in the woods now. It's like even though I'm in the heart of Beaverton, not for much longer. I'm moving out to Beaver Creek out into the into the middle of nowhere. It's going to be awesome. But but anyway, yeah, I miss like that that social aspect of it, but it, I still have that with 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 people who do what I do and and fans of music and um you know, 
every single night I can, you know, I, I rarely stay home all night long. I'll go listening to a band or I'll, I'll be playing. Yeah, because you don't jamming. have to be up at, yeah, at 8 a.m. or whatever yeah, to go to your job or whatnot. Four in the morning. Yeah, anymore. for sure. It's kind of weird though. I need to figure out, I need to balance that because right now uh, I'm on a, like a two month period of, of being like almost completely nocturnal. Like, uh, you're on that stand up comedian yeah, schedule. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm getting up at like, this is embarrassing, but at, like sometimes three in the afternoon, yeah. sometimes four, and, and uh, I don't go to bed until the sun comes up. Yeah. You know? Well, I mean, that's also the, that's kind of the path that you've given, allowed yourself to. Yeah. to have too though like you've, you you don't have that I day like job it. like, like you don't have good. to wake up at a certain time you just have to you know be up in enough time to get your gig at, at 9 p.m that night or yeah there's good and bad involved with it uh you know in, in ways of i guess i've been preparing myself to live out in the country by uh existing and be, being awake during the times that everyone around me is asleep there's no one across, you know driving down the street in front of my house and it's kind of uh solitary and and i'm kind of left to my own uh to do to watch a bunch of uh david attenborough and to, to you know watch planet earth and and learn and and uh and draw and create and learn how to do calligraphy all this you know just finding more things to draw inspiration yeah, there's less, from there's less distraction and yeah. i get distracted so easily like real easily right on dude. anything that, that looks kind of cool i gotta find out about i gotta like dig into it you know absolutely dude. and uh th there's like less going on i get to kind of focus the laser beam and get more done so how long have you been without a regular job and just been a working musician now i believe it was uh end of may 2016 so you're creeping up on a year creeping up yeah that's awesome dude that's fucking that's inspired like when i see somebody like you doing that that that's so inspiring to me to like watch somebody cut those economic ties to like a day job yeah because i just from thinking about it, it gives me like a lot of anxiety and and i've definitely like kind of walked down that road of of like is this what i'm like should i try to do something like that and just like leave it all behind and, and just see what the fuck happens you know and so it's it's very inspiring to like see one of my peers do it's that changed it's changed my perspective a lot um I definitely appreciate more things like like for instance um uh you know if i get a if i book a gig and there's like a meal included like that's one of the things i ask now rather than rather than find out when i get there you just like make sure I'm like hey do i get food no can you throw that in you know that's how i'll do this um yeah like it's weird a cheeseburger means more to me now our salad well yeah and it's also like they i think venues also should kind of like understand that you're not necessarily trying to like squeeze something out of them out of them but that like this is this is helping me out like this is helping me become like have this lifestyle you know if you can hook me up with a free dinner while I'm like providing entertainment sure. for these people well, like know, that's important to me the majority of venues that I play at and the the places that I make arrangements with are so supportive and and are they have my back dude it's it's uh, encouraging when I when they ask me how things are going. They're generally inter genuinely interested in uh, if I you know if they can help me. Uh, you know a big one is uh, Feckin Brewing in Oregon City. They've it's they've, a great place. Those guys have helped me out a lot from like um, 
just like you know besides from giving me giving me some dates and stuff to play there but like uh uh helping me with ideas if i got an idea that makes any sort of sense to them they'll, they'll try they'll help me try it out and give me a platform to do it and, and, and there's many places like that it's rare that i walk away from a venue saying i'll never go back there you know yeah i can't imagine i can't even think of how many times i've eaten half my dinner and just been like oh, i don't want to take it home with me it's not going to keep now i'll find a way to make it keep i'll take the bread <laughs> i'll take the bread off that motherfucker to keep it from getting soggy and wrap it separately and i'm taking it home you yeah know? buddy it's cool um yeah it's it's weird I, I feel like i almost uh rather than having the comfort of knowing if i just go to this place every single day for all week i'm gonna get a i'm gonna get a paycheck at the end of it and uh i'll be okay I'll, I'll be fine. Uh, I feel like I've connected with something on a primal level in my in my being of like the hunter gatherer. Like if I don't if I don't make arrangements for this to happen, it's not going to happen. Right. So I have to. And and uh, and the smallest of victories uh, feel monumental to me. For sure. You're just you kind know? of living this existence as like an outlier or right. somebody that's basically started their own business. Like. Sure. You know, in some in some sense, like yeah, it's all I'm on learning, you. I'm learning a lot about that. Unfortunately, there there's, dude, there is a, uh, you gotta you gotta keep your books. You for sure. Um, yeah. Before it was, when it was a sidecar to my job, I, you know, I could skate. Yeah, you didn't have to worry about that because you had other income. I don't have to worry about the man knocking on the door, but but yeah, you. Uh, if there's any any musicians thinking about making the leap or whatever. Um, do it. I recommend doing it, but uh, but think of all aspects. For, you know, keep keep your ducks in a row and be able to show. Uh, you know, there's there's tips you can slide in your pocket, whatever. Uh, I don't recommend it for the record, <laughs> but uh, um, but yeah, be if you're going to be your own business, be your own business. Be conscious of it. And like, am, go for it. I'm like, do it. Catch up now, and yeah. it's and it's difficult. Absolutely, man. Not undoable, but but somewhat difficult. Right on, dude. Yeah. Well, I appreciate your your tunes quite a bit, and and I appreciate just just hanging with you as a person. Uh, I appreciate you and what you do for our music community in Portland. In fact, hold on one second. I, we hold this mic. I got I'm something for hold, you. Uh oh. Uh oh. No gifts. You can't. You can't just be giving people things on the program. I don't know where Shane has gone. He's. Oh, I've seen one of these. Yeah, you've seen one of these. Yeah, at dude, the, at the Feckin. The, song, the songwriter thing. This is a relic of my old job as a plastic fabricator. I no made, one can see it. Some, some of the last uh, stuff that I acquired uh, from my from my last job. But this is this trophy is for excellence in promoting uh, the well being of our music community here in Portland, and it's a it's a <laughs> <laughs> it is a um, acrylic acoustic guitar mounted on a platform you can put a light behind it it'll look cool as shit i'll have i'll have shane take a picture of me holding it so that people yeah. know that it's real there you i go. appreciate this honor you bet man uh, i appreciate this conversation like quite quite a bit though man i i often walk away from seeing you play music or listening to your music and it makes me want to write music and and that's like it's just very inspiring and mission accomplished that's I, great I, also <laughs> just like yeah, man, listening to your tunes definitely like makes me feel a little less alone about some things. Man, thank you. Yeah, like so, I I connect with it super hard, and I think, like, I I appreciate your honesty, like in this conversation too, because I think a lot of people will get a lot of different things out of it. And so, it's sure, fucking awesome to to have you on on the program. 
and you've been super supportive. I remember getting messages from you before I even knew you about the podcast, dude. You sent me a couple messages very early in the game. Yeah. About what I was doing and your appreciation for it. And like that shit did not go unnoticed. And awesome. Well, like, apparently I not. I appreciated it so fucking much, dude. Yeah, anyone who's got some sort of positive driving force in, in uh, uh, our music community, I fuck with those people. Likewise, so, dude, yes. Mr. Cable, I fuck with you. I fuck with you, Shane Brown. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> uh, where can people keep up with what you're doing? Because I know you're playing shows on a nightly basis, and there's plenty of sure. opportunity for people to come see you, and I, I really want people to come check out what you're doing. Um, so where is yeah, a you great can, place? I always post flyers on my Instagram and my Facebook Um I'm go I keep making this promise that I'm going to update my website, shanebrownmusic.com, uh, and I will uh, do that. Maybe I'll even do it this weekend. At the very least, people can go to, like, shanebrown.com and maybe find, like, Shane your Instagram. Or, you can find, or, yeah, you can link to my, Insta cool. my Instagram. My uh, handle is shanesawthis, and uh, I, I create flyers, whether digitally or I draw them and, uh, and post them for my shows for the week. Uh, and you can find me. When is this aired, you know? Uh, we're going to put this out this coming Friday. This coming Friday. Um, yeah, go and check out check out the schedule online uh, or check out for flyers. But, uh, yeah, you can also uh, find my album, Cicada, uh, anywhere you get music. Apple Music, Apple Spotify. Music, Spotify, all that. All that good stuff. I did the, I did the old CD Baby big kitchen sink, big shebang. I think that's a wise move, man. Just because, like, obviously the more platforms that it's on, the easier it is for people to find sure. and check out. And um, Yeah, dude, we're going to play it out with another jam. But before we do, we have to have you properly get us out of here with saying the tagline for the show, which the is, it's a program. It's a program. You did it. It's a program. That's Shane Brown, everybody. <laughs> Thank you, guys. Uh, check, you again. check out Shane. Um, we're going to play it out with uh, another one of my favorite jams off of the uh, Cicada EP. And uh, this song's called Tell You Something. Awesome. Thanks, man. We will catch you on the flip side, Portland. Yes, we will.
Elizabeth, do you care? Is that a program? It's a program.